Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Analyzing dirt from Mars. But how do you do that since we don't have any dirt from Mars on Earth? It's a pretty cool story, and it's all taking place right here in our province. And joining us to tell us all about it today is Dr. Ben Tutelo, who's an associate professor in the Department of Geoscience in the Faculty of Science at the University of Calgary. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. So uh, you're, okay, first of all, tell us about the work that you're doing. You are basically analyzing samples of Martian Earth, correct? Or Martian soil, I guess I should say. Yeah, so I'm working on as part of the Mars Science Laboratory Curiosity rover team, which has launched a rover to Mars. Uh, it's been roving the planet for about 10 years now, and it's basically a roving ge- geological laboratory. It takes soil samples from the planet, puts it inside of its rover body, and gives us the chemistry and mineralogy of those samples so we can learn about uh, about the planet. So, I mean, it, that's fascinating to me. So, obviously, you're, you're not, you don't have hands on the samples, but can it do everything that you would do? Like, if you were studying a sample of soil, um, is, is the rover capable of doing what you would do here on Earth? Yeah, and it, I think it's even more capable in some ways than what we can do on Earth because it has basically an entire laboratory on board. So, when we go out into the field here in Western Canada, We'll often take samples and then bring them back to the lab and then over the period of weeks or months, analyze those samples. The Curiosity rover has all that that laboratory equipment right in its body, right? So it can just take the samples and analyze them right where it's at in situ. That's amazing. So what kind of information does it send back? Like, what's the information that you're analyzing? Yeah, so I'm a a geochemist, and so I I work on the chemistry of the rocks and minerals uh, that we see on the planet. So things like how much sulfur is there, how much carbon is there, what does that carbon look like? Is it organic carbon, uh, or is it just regular old inorganic carbon like calcite? Um, We look at the mineralogy. Are the minerals there clay minerals? Are they minerals that might be representative of the salt, which Mars is made of? Uh, We look at... um, Things like what is the water content of the rock and, and so on. So I think there's uh, all these sorts of things that allow us to to look at the uh, overall composition of these rocks and then help to interpret the history of the planet. And I mean, what's the what's the goal here? Is it just to gather more information, or is there something in particular that you're trying to a question you're trying to answer? Yeah. So the overall arching question for most missions to other planets, especially to Mars, is was the planet habitable? Could it have supported life uh, deep in its past whenever there were, uh, you know, whenever it was obviously a lot different than today. Today the planet is very cold and dry, but there is geologic evidence from the Curiosity rover uh, that shows that at least parts of it were were wet and warm uh, in in the deep past. And so with that type of knowledge, if we know there was water there, what else can we tease out from the, the rocks that, that were deposited by that water in order to understand if life could have ever evolved there? What have you determined so far? What have you What have you learned? Uh, lots of stuff. So, the, you know, the, again, as I say, the Curiosity rover was uh, launched about a little over a decade ago, and it landed there about exactly a decade ago. 
And in that time, it has determined that Gale Crater, so the place where it's at, used to be uh, a fluvio-lacustrine environment, so meaning that it was a river-fed lake, uh, which is quite interesting, right? So even though the planet today is, is bone dry, we don't see much evidence of liquid water at all, back, back then it had a lake, at least in this crater and, and likely over much of the planet, which means that there was, you know, the types of processes that we might have imagined on early Earth were also happening on early Mars, where you have water interacting with the atmosphere, making minerals, perhaps making uh, interesting molecules that could have, you know, potentially contributed to the habitability of the planet. Interesting. Has there been anything you've discovered that's been unusual, something that would be totally different from anything seen on Earth before, something that's like, oh my goodness, this is clearly Martian, this is not from this planet, anything to that level? Yeah, so I think there's a handful of things that I, I personally find very fascinating, and perhaps at the top of the list is the fact that, so one of the amazing things about the Curiosity rover is it has the ability to determine the abundance of crystalline materials in rocks on Mars. And what it has shown is that every single analysis it has done has only a fraction of it is, is actually crystalline, and much of it is amorphous, things like gels or glasses and so on. And what that tells us is that there were processes on Mars that led to them, these materials either being preserved as amorphous materials or made into amorphous materials after they were initially crystalline. For comparison, on Earth, there are no amorphous materials that are any more than tens of thousands, at most, you know, hundreds of thousands of years old. On Mars, these rocks are three and a half billion years old. So wow. something on Mars allowed these, these materials to exist over a very, very long time scale, which never happens on Earth. Interesting. Okay. Fascinating. So where does the work go from here? Yeah, so the, the types of things that we're doing uh, are we're looking at, as, as the rover climbs Mount Sharp in the middle of the crater, it's getting into what is known as the sulfate-bearing unit. So it has lots of this mineral magnesium sulfate in it. So think of Epsom salt uh, that you put in a bath, perhaps. So there's lots of that in the, in the rocks that we're seeing now. And our questions are, so if, if that's the case, what are the processes that led to the deposition of those, those rocks in the ancient past? And so to try and understand that better, we're, stand under, or we're studying lakes in British Columbia, which are actively depositing magnesium sulfate, epsomite-type salts okay. uh, right now to try and interpret that. Interesting. Draw the comparisons. Makes good sense. Doctor, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you very much. Have a nice day. You too. That is Dr. Ben Tudelo, who is at the University of Calgary. He's an associate professor in the Department of Geoscience and Faculty of Science, and he's working on the Mars rover mission, analyzing the dirt samples being sent back.